0: Welcome to Citroen Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. Welcome to this edition of Taxes in 10. My name is Leon Dukowitz, International Tax Practice Lead at Citroen Cooperman. Joining me today is Paul Daly, Senior International Tax Partner. And today we're going to speak on Puerto Rican residency and the federal and some of the state tax benefits of becoming uh, potentially becoming tax resident in Puerto Rico. How you doing, Paul?
1: Good, Leon, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, first off, Happy New Year to you and everyone joining us. I uh, wish everyone thank a you. happy, happy New, prosperous year. New Year. And Paul, hopefully this you know topic of Puerto Rican tax residency might be something that people are really interested in at the beginning of this year. And, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, some planning and some business opportunities and some tax planning that is not normally uh, something that, you know, we would consider we consider a lot of state residency for folks. but what are we thinking about here? What are we talking? what's What's the benefit of uh, being becoming tax
1: president in Puerto Rico? Great. Thank you, Leon. Because um, so many of our clients, you know, they talk about being snowbirds to try to avoid the high taxes in New York and New Jersey or wherever. And you know there's areas where they states they may look at in terms of Florida or Texas. But we'd love to introduce into the mix. Puerto Rico as well, because what Puerto Rico would do is you would have the same state tax benefit. You'll have the same rules. You can have to break um, residency, you'll have to change your domicile, um, have it in Puerto Rico. But in addition to state taxes, you can have significant federal tax benefits as well, which obviously you would not have in Florida, in that as a U.S. citizen, we know you're taxed on worldwide income, but there's a special provision on Section 933 that grants an exemption to a U.S. citizen on income from Puerto Rican sources so that they're not going to pay tax or a reduced tax rate.
0: That's sounding too good to be true. So you're telling me if I, I move to Puerto Rico, I don't have to pay any tax? there must be some special rules in Puerto Rico. You
1: know, I I heard about this Act 60. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Yes, thank you. Because, you know, so many times we have clients that um, are cocktail parties and they have too good to be true um, tax um, scheme. That very well might be a tax haven, might be abusive. Puerto Rico's not. If you do it right, it can work. It's just the same as in any type of state residency change, you have to have a commitment. It has to be a commitment to a lifestyle change. But if you're able to do that and you commit to becoming a Puerto Rican resident, I mean, the highlights are in that interest and dividends from Puerto Rican sources is totally exempt. Fees for services performed in Puerto Rico could be taxed at a rate of only 4%. No tax in the U.S. on this because it's from Puerto Rican sources. And I think maybe we'll talk about it later if, you, if we may. But capital gains also receive a significant exemption. So the tax rates, again, it's unheard of. You're not paying tax in the United States or worldwide income. If it's from Puerto Rican sources, you're subject to the Special Act 60 regime.
0: So if you're running a business, for example, if you become tax resident in Puerto Rico and you're running a U.S. business, that U.S. business would still be subject to federal and state
1: tax here, correct? Correct. Excellent point. Leanne. And what we do there is we have the individual. We don't like them to be an employee. An employee is going to be an issue, but to the extent that they can become an independent contractor and, or even a partner. Well, partner is an issue also, but that they're receiving fees, fees for services performed in Puerto Rico. As long as they have an office, their tax home in Puerto Rico, so the U.S. company gets a valid deduction, those fees taxed in Puerto Rico could be only at a rate of 4%.
0: That's a huge opportunity in savings, clearly. So I think I take the first plug here for, this is where we wanna make sure that everyone's hiring Puerto Rican counsel and or, or, or accountants where appropriate, because we at Citrin Cooperman are not looking to advise on Puerto Rican law. We're just highlighting the, re- the opportunities here, to if you will, to the, to the general public and to our constituents. So, Paul, give me a little bit about you know, residency in Puerto Rico. Tell me what it takes to get, get to this point where, you know, big picture, that you could be eligible here for these benefits.
1: There are three tests you need to meet, uh, Leon. One of them is a physical presence test. And that's pretty loose. You could be in Puerto Rico um, 183 days. Um, you could be in a 549 days over a three-year period. Um, as long as you're not present in the United States for 90 days, typically look at you know the 183 days. But it could be less different as well. The other two tests are more important. They're subjective. One is you need to have your tax home in Puerto Rico. That's defined as under the um, IRS, the um, Internal Revenue Code, where really your business is located. And even the more important one is closer connection. It's also defined under the IRC in terms of residency, but there's a domicile test, meaning that you really have a closer connection to Puerto Rico than the United States where your business is located, where your family ties are located. You really have to prove that. And that's the most important test. And that's where the IRS will look at. The IRS has looked at that. They have an audit in executive where they're gonna look at closer connection to us. make sure that you really have a closer connection in Puerto Rico than in the US.
0: So Paul, tell me a bit about capital gains. I know we talked about it extremely briefly earlier. Give me a little bit of picture. I mean, if I have a U.S. company and I move to Puerto Rico and sell my business, is it tax-free in the U.S.? What's what's the deal? What's going on?
1: Understood. It may not be. It's certainly an advantage, but it depends upon the situation, meaning that if an individual who's a Puerto Rican resident sells stock in a U.S. corporation, that is considered foreign source and subject to 100% exemption. However, the big wrinkle is that any appreciation before um, you become a Puerto Rican resident is gonna be taxed in the US, meaning that only post Puerto Rican residency appreciation Will be subject to this 100% exemption. There's also a rule that if you hold on the stock for at least 10 years, then the appreciation is also only subject to tax at 5%. But that's a key rule that a lot of people really do not realize. And appreciation looks to see that if your publicly traded stock, it's the value at the time you become a resident. That's going to be subject to U.S. tax. If it's non-publicly traded stock. They gauge appreciation by the holding period, meaning that if two thirds of the time you held it, you were a Puerto Rican resident, then only one third would be subject to U.S. tax as appreciation.
0: Excellent, thank you, Paul. So, as we wind up in the last few minutes here, give me give me an idea. What's what's pending legislation? What's
1: coming down the road that you see here, if you will? Thank you. I mean, the application, people are saying that now because so many people are trying for this application. It is now probably a good six to nine months. Uh, Very quickly, there are requirements. You have to pay about a $5,000 fee. You do have to have a $10,000 annual contribution charitable to Puerto Rican charities. But quite honestly, a lot of U.S. people, Puerto Rican residents are saying, is this really what we want? To be totally blunt. So there is pending legislation maybe to curtail this um, where they might go in terms of the um, no longer 100% exemption on interest and dividends, might go to 10%. But what the key is that all the pending legislation that we're seeing and we've consulted with Puerto Rican Council is that it would not be retroactive, meaning that if you were granted exemption, you would not be subject to the new legislation the old legislation would still apply, and it's to apply until 2035.
0: Thanks, Paul. On behalf of Citron Cooperman, Paul Daly, and myself, Leon Dukewitz, thank you for joining us uh, for Taxes in 10, the International Tax Series. We will see you again next month. Take care.